and give it up again for all these little kids. So much fun. I wish you were in the front row uh, just to see their faces giving all of it. It was wonderful. And them trying to read the words in the back. That was really helpful. How's everyone doing tonight? It's so good to hear. Uh, Christmas is just one of those truly wonderful times of the year. And I want to thank you for making this a part of your Christmas celebration. We're going to stand a little bit later on. We're going to sing some more songs. Just one uh, note. Some of you slipped in and didn't get a candle. And our final song is going to be all by candlelight. I don't want you to miss that. So when we stand up a little bit later uh, to sing, they are right in the back by the table when you walked in. And you may want to send someone and grab them for your group. We don't want you to miss out and be the candleless soul. That would be terrible. That would be really bad. And don't steal the one next to you. That would be like cheating in church. Uh, but Christmas. So, so here, here we go. We're getting ready for the gifts. Our tree's full of them. And my wife was kind enough to let me open my first gift here in front of all of you. Because, no. Okay, no, no. I, I actually said, hey, can I just have one of these gifts? Because the, the beauty of the holiday, even more than a birthday, is that you don't know. Like in our house, Carmen's got a code. So we don't know who it's from and who it's to. It's like a secret code. So you go by the tree, you don't know whose is whose. She is the genius who can crack the code. So now I, now I know the code because I have my gift in front of me, uh, which is cheating on Christmas. But I, I have it in front of me and I can, I can shake it, which is illegal, kids. Don't do it when you get home. You can move it, you can weigh it. And I have no idea what's coming for me, but uh, for us, it's um, terror in that you have to wait till the morning. How many are morning, Christmas morning present openers? How many? Okay, great, great. The wise ones. How many are going to do it as soon as we leave here on the way home? You're just going to do them in your car. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So we have a different, different rules for different families. That's totally cool. Well, for us, it's Christmas morning, which means I am the first one up, 4 a.m. Here we go, baby. We're waking everybody up, and we're going to, not 4, I'm not allowed till 6, okay? But we're going to do ours in the morning, and... And, and Christmas is one of those times where we get to see something that's unexpected. It's sitting there, it's waiting, and we get to unwrap it. Well, um, this year, as a church, we've been looking at the unexpected nature of Christmas. And for the last few weeks, if you've been with us, we've explored some things that are so common in the narrative, like you read it, you watch movies about it, you actually miss the wow that the Bible presents. Uh, what a few things. The first thing we looked at was the incarnation that nobody expected. Everyone expected God to send a savior. It was written in the Bible from the beginning and the prophets talked about it for hundreds of years, but no one expected that the savior would be God himself. And what we see in the coming of Jesus and in his birth, it's not like he just sent someone to rescue. God himself decided. So, so God becomes man and he enters into the human story. This is not something anyone would have ever anticipated, but we're living in the wake of that, and we're, we're blessed by that because God became man, everything changes. We also looked at his poverty. Uh, you would expect that a king would be born in a royal home with a royal bank account, and we find that Jesus is born in the most humble way. He's born not even in a home, but in a cave, or in a barn for animals. And then Jesus grows up poor, and then Jesus gives away all that he has, and he loved those who were 
pushed away by society. He loved those who were sick in body and he brought healing. He cared for those who others had looked over and, and he elevated people that others rejected. And so we, we don't expect that in the coming of God. And what can we learn about the way God chose to save the world? Well, we looked last week that God often meets us in unexpected places. Just think of the litany of names, Bethlehem, tiny town. Jesus is exiled in Egypt. He flees like a refugee as a baby boy. And then he returns not to Jerusalem, the center of Israel's authority, and not to Rome, the center of the world's authority. Where is he known by? Jesus of Nazareth, where the only thing that could be said, because can anything good come out of that town? Jesus understands what it's like to live in obscurity. And what does that tell us about God? Well, I want to look at one more, just explore one more unexpected thing that we see in the narrative. And we just heard it a few moments ago in Luke's gospel. And I want you to think about this as we enter into our time of gift giving. See, Jesus's birth can lead to our rebirth. I think that is often overlooked that Jesus' birth isn't just about the coming of God and isn't just about him redeeming obscure places. It's not just about him identifying with those of us with brokenness or poverty. No, Jesus' birth can lead to our rebirth. Well, Jesus is born, everybody's born, so what's the big deal? Like, why make such a big deal about the birth of one person? It's because he's not just a man. He's God himself. And Christmas, it sits in the big story of all that God had been saying and all that God had been doing. And so for some of us, because we haven't thought about it, and maybe you've never read the entirety of the Bible, which gives us the record of God. It's God's word to us that tells us what he's like and tells us why he came. I want to recap really briefly where Jesus fits in the story. You see, at the beginning of the Bible, we see that God created us to be with him, Genesis 1 and 2. The first part of the Bible talks about origins, and God made everything that we see and can't see, and he made humans, men and women, for a relationship with himself. You and I were designed to walk with God, which sounds crazy, and it actually sounds impossible when we look at our present circumstances, but God made us to be with him. And in the end, why aren't we experiencing God to the fullest? Why are why do we seem so distant from God? Why does God seem so far away? Well, you don't have to read much in the Bible. Read the third chapter. And in Genesis 3, we see it's our sin that separates us from God, men and women both. And I'd say today, young and old, we all do our own thing. We all reject God. We all ignore God. We all follow our own plans. And though God created us to be with him, it's our rebellion that keeps us from enjoying God because God is holy and God's pure and God is perfect and there's nothing wrong with God. And in order to enjoy him, we have to come to him on his terms. But our challenge is that we live a life that starts with brokenness and that brokenness only seems to escalate. And so the good news is early on in the story, God steps in. When Adam and Eve sin, God looks for them. Adam, where are you? Here's the good news of the Bible. God doesn't wait for us to come to him. This is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sends his son to be a sacrifice for our sin. You see, sins can't be removed by doing good. 
And from Genesis 4, the first book of the Bible, all the way to the coming of Jesus at the end of the prophet called Malachi, you see men and women just like us living for century after century in search of God. And sometimes we try to do good and we, we succeed at it. Most often it's a mixed bag. And we learn early in the Bible that you don't get rid of the past by just doing better in the future. Life doesn't work that way. So as a price tag, the wages, the, the what we get out of our own rebellion leads to death. Death in our relationship with God. Death in the goodness in our relationship with one another. Instead of loving our neighbor as ourself, we hurt one another. Just read the headlines. It's just filled every day with broken people doing broken things. But early in the Bible, you see that God, he provides ways to bring us back. And the biggest way you see in the early part of the Bible is that the innocent can take care of the sin guilt of the guilty. And so there's a whole system where you can, you can sacrifice the innocent and out of their sacrifice, the person who wants to live in the right with God can be made clean. And this is a picture all in the early part of the Bible that points us to the ultimate fulfillment in Jesus. You see, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. You say, well, where does Christmas fit into this? And here's the beauty. It required to have your sin removed, a perfect sacrifice, an animal without spot, without blemish. It needed to be pure. And it speaks to the holiness of God and his purity. But really, none of us can pay for the things we've already done. And so God did what no one else expected. He decided to come himself and to pay our debt in full. So Jesus is God. So he can take care of my sin debt fully. But he's also a man just like us. And so he could stand in our place. And the Bible tells us that he was born and he he did not rebel. Never against mom and dad, never against friend. He always loved his neighbor as his self. And he honored God with his life fully to the end. So Jesus is the one who is a real man, but a real man with no sin. So at the end of his life, his birth leads to the end. He came to give his life, the Bible says, as a ransom to bring back many. And so paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. That's why we mark out in, in the church the coming of Jesus, the advent, but it culminates in the death and resurrection of Jesus that we celebrate at Easter because he didn't come just to live a perfectly moral life to show us how to live because that's good news if you're perfect. But watching Jesus' perfection doesn't help me at all because I don't measure up and you don't measure up and we'll never measure up. But Jesus could live the life we could not live so that he could die the death that we deserved. And on the cross, he took our sin in full and he rose again. And so now everyone who trusts in Jesus alone has eternal life. Matthew, Mark, and Luke focus on the death and resurrection of Jesus. But John, the final biography, focuses on this important statement. Everyone, anyone, who says to Jesus, I know that I'm guilt-filled, but I know that you're holy, and I'm grateful that you would go to that great length to love me. I trust that what you did, you did for me. Everyone who trusts in Jesus alone receives what the Bible calls eternal 
life. And, and now what's the eternal life? What does that even mean? Well, it means that life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. And so after John, you have a book called Acts, and it goes all the way to the Revelation at the end. And all of those books focus on how life with Jesus now ought to be different. It ought to impact the way we think and feel and live and treat other people. And life with Jesus doesn't mean just that when I go and die one day that I'll be with him, although that's absolutely true. It means that his presence comes to be with us now. You see, back at the beginning, God created us to be with him. And so Christmas is a fundamentally critical part of the story because if it weren't for Jesus and his coming to rescue us, how would we have life in God? Uh, the reality is, when we think about the bold, big, bold story of God, we have to ask ourselves, why does any of this actually matter? Because if God created us to be with him, but our sins separate us from God, but paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again, so that if you and I trust him, we'll have eternal life. Why does that even matter? It's because the Bible says life is a vapor. And I want us to think about that for a moment. Think about how quickly time goes by. Just seeing these kids who will one day be the musicians on the stage, who will one day be the older people watching their grandkids on the stage. How quickly life goes by. Life is a vapor. I think of how quickly things turn. Uh, a little shout out to Eric and Tracy and their family, the votes. Uh, they planned last two Christmases to be in Canada. Well, this year they planned to be in Canada. Last Sunday said, oh, have Merry Christmas. We won't see you. We'll be gone. Well, they're here tonight, unfortunately, fortunately. But it turns out that both of their cars had car trouble and they put them into the shop and unfortunately parts were back ordered. So neither of their cars were fixed and they couldn't find a rental car that was winter ready to go into Canada and potential snow. And so rather than Christmas as they planned, they're, they're here with us. But it's so cool to find out that another family in the story is taking them in and they're going to enjoy Christmas together. That's just what Jesus people do, huh? You know, we love one another. But that's not what they expected. This is not the, the expected Christmas. They had a twist and a turn. And that, that just happens all the time. I, I think about uh, this week for me, Wednesday, I took a couple of days off to just chill and get some relaxing time before the holidays. And next thing you know, Wednesday, I'm golfing with my buddy Tim and the top of my ear is feeling a little sore. Wednesday night, it gets a little sorer. And uh, Thursday morning, I wake up and you ever see that movie Hitch with Will Smith? And the whole side of my head has blown up out of nowhere. And so I go to urgent care and they... You give me a shot of antibiotics and give me some pills and send me home and say it should get better. It should start to get better in a day or two. But definitely, if these things happen, go into the ER. So I wake up Friday morning and these things happen. And so, so rather than just enjoying a few days off to get ready to celebrate, there I am Friday morning uh, going into ER with a big old lump on the side of my head and it gone to the side of my scalp. You could still see. It's, I didn't get shot in the side of the head. It's still, it's still part of the infection. And then my, my whole neck is blown out and I won't even show you the back of my ear. Gross. But, um, but uh, there I was in the hospital, unfortunately, because of God's goodness and our great healthcare and, and our professionals. They were able to give me some stronger meds and sent me home. And it wasn't until this morning that my ear, our team's been break, that my ear actually went down into a way that wouldn't completely gross you out because life is a vapor. But Friday morning, right before going to the hospital to see if they can fix my ear, we got a phone call and uh, someone that my wife and I 
uh, have known forever and loved dearly, uh, it turns out she got diagnosed with breast cancer right before Christmas and will be going into surgery right after Christmas day because life is a vapor. And then um, our family, we're driving down the day after Christmas to be with my mom and dad. And many of you in the church here know that my mom suddenly, July 31st, suddenly something happened in her body. And now we know what it is, but it's a, um, a brutal disease. And barring a miracle, we don't know how much time we have with mom. And, and she's a, a wonderful woman who loves Jesus. But friends, life is a vapor, which is why this one idea that Jesus's birth can lead to our rebirth is so vitally important. Here's one thing that John, who talks about how everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life, he says it this way, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You see, you, you can actually know that your sin has been forgiven. This isn't just theory. This could be reality. And it's not by doing better or trying harder or, or going to more religious meetings or reading more of the Bible or praying with more fervency. It's trust. You see, I can't save myself, but only God can save me. And so he sent his son just to do that. You can really know that you're forgiven. You can really know day by day that God is with you. And I think some of us, even if we follow Jesus, we underestimate this reality. Eternal life, life with God is now. When I wake up and I face life's challenges, I know that God is with me. When I get news that I can't bear in my own strength, I know that God is with me. When I don't know which way to go, left or right, God's wisdom can be mine. When, when I see someone and I'm wondering what I should do, God can guide me. Life in light of Christmas means that we get to enjoy a life filled with God's presence. And so this is the gift of Christmas and it comes by trusting in Jesus. Those who trust in him have eternal life. And let's not kid ourselves because recent events, at least for our family, has made it very clear. Life is still a vapor. And I don't know how many days I get. You don't know how many days you get, but you can live with a confidence, an assurance that no matter what happens this side of eternity, that when these days end here, I get to be with God forever and ever and ever and ever. And this is why Jesus came. It's why John tells us in his first chapter, the 11th verse, he, Jesus, came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And notice, they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. This is the story of Christmas. Jesus' birth and his death and his resurrection means that I can experience eternal life, but catch the word can. I want to be really clear. It doesn't automatically mean that just because Jesus died and rose again out of his love for us, that everyone will be reborn to life with God. Everyone who trusts in Jesus Christ receives the gift of eternal life. And it almost sounds too good to be true, but it's absolutely true, my friend. If you place your trust in Jesus alone to rescue you, you will be reborn. 
that means the past is really gone and sin is really forgiven. It means that God's presence lives with you and guides you and we still stumble and fall and God's grace is there to care for us. It doesn't mean we always get it right, but it means that we're in right relationship with God. And you can live this way knowing that at the end, your life is in God's hands and you'll be with him forever. And so let me just ask you the poignant question. Who are you trusting? When it comes to life with God, who are you trusting? Are you, are you trusting in yourself? Like that I can make it because I have and I hope and I will. That's, that's thin ice at best. Everyone who trusts themselves stays where they are, alienated from God. But everyone who trusts in Jesus and his love and his grace and his mercy receives eternal life. Are you trusting others? Hey, are you trusting that because your parents follow, follow Jesus, that it's just gonna jump down to you? That's thin ice. You see, you've been given the ability to know God and trust him. And so tonight, I just invite you, receive God's gift. Receive eternal life. Uh, what's your next step? I'm hoping every one of us will take one step this Christmas towards God and his love. And, and I wanna suggest a few. For some of you, the first step is to simply trust him and say, Jesus, look, I'm tired of doing my own thing and I know what I've done and you know what I've done, but I just trust you that what you did, you did for me. I wanna now follow you. And friend, you will be reborn. For others of us, the beauty of Christmas is the reminder that God wants to enjoy him every day. I hope that Christmas for you could be a reset where you say, God, of the 365 days since last Christmas, a few of them, I really pursued you. A bunch of them, 50-50. And some I flat out ignored or went the other direction. But maybe this could be a reset where you say, God, in this coming year, I, I wanna live in the right with you day by day. I want to enjoy all you have for me. I want to hear from you. I want to be guided by you. I want to pursue you. This is the point of Christmas. And for, for others, you know a lot. Maybe the invitation is to start putting what you know into practice. I love Jesus' statement to his disciples. Follow me. And if you know him and if you've been reborn, why don't we take steps to live like a reborn life and and learn what God says so that we can live in God's ways and enjoy that and see how God might wanna work through us. Friends, every one of us can take a step towards Jesus and his direction this Christmas. So I'm gonna invite you to do something. I invite you to stand if you would. And the band's gonna come and we're gonna play some more music here in just a moment. But tonight, let's just take a, a second and reset our heart towards God. Uh, the singing is great. The food's gonna be great tonight. The presents are gonna be great. I hope, I hope this is like really great. But, um, but I, I hope tonight that you will move closer to Jesus than when you walked in the room. And it begins by inviting his life into our life. And so we're gonna pray. And I don't know where you are with God, but if you feel far, you're actually not that far. Jesus already died and rose again to rescue us. He's now just inviting us to trust him. And so tonight as we pray, I hope that you will in your own heart and life say, Jesus, I trust you. So let's just pray together and then we'll sing some more songs. Remember, 
before we sing that last song, make your way to the back and pick up a candle if, you, if you've yet to receive one. Let's pray. Uh, tonight, as we talk to God, if you know that you're far from him, but you believe that Jesus died and rose again to rescue you, and you want to put your trust in him, you can just, in your own way, say, Jesus, I believe. It doesn't take fancy words. Jesus, I believe. And he knows your heart, and he knows your mind. And he'll take you from where you are and bring you to the place where you need to be. But tonight, you need to place your trust in him. And I hope that you would do that even now. Lord Jesus, we come to you just as we are, all of our brokenness, all of our uncertainty, all of our sin, all of our shame, and we return to you. Jesus, thank you that you loved us enough to give your very life as a sacrifice to cover for the things that we've done so that instead of us living life apart from God, we can now call him Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And on this Christmas, Tonight we say we trust you. We trust you to cover our past. God, we trust you to guide us today and into our future. And Lord, we don't know how many days you're gonna give us, but today we reaffirm our trust in you that wherever we are a hundred years from now, because of you, Jesus, we get the privilege of living with you forever and ever and ever. Today, God, we receive this gift and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. It's so good to pray together. Hey, tonight, if you uh, chose that first step to receive Jesus Christ, I want you to do two things uh, for me. Number one, uh, you probably didn't come by yourself. If you came with your family or your friends, when you go off to your dinner and in your evening or morning celebration, I want you to tell the people that you brought that, hey, I don't know exactly what happened, but tonight, I took one step towards Jesus Christ. And I know they would be deeply encouraged. The second thing I want you to do is in the back, at the back table before you go, I wrote a, a short book called Good News Today and Tomorrow. And it outlines seven truths that are true about you if you follow the way of Jesus. And I hope that it would encourage you in taking your tomorrow's step and the next day's step in drawing close in your relationship with God. It's free, just pick one up on the way on the back table. And I'll throw in a third as a bonus. Uh, worship God wherever you live. And so if you live in another state, another place, uh, show up next Sunday and come with an open mind and heart to receive from God. Well, here's what I'm gonna invite you to do now. This next song is gonna help us to think about Emmanuel, how God is with us. And so I'm gonna invite you to sit. We're gonna have some video on the screen and just in an immersive way, Enjoy this song as we think about how God became man for us.